This is Horsepower Happenings. Every once in a while, you get to the racetrack, and that pesky little bug crawls up and bites you, and you go, man, I ought to dust off my driver's seat. No, I'll I'll never go back. uh, I'll never go back to full-time racing. I'm too old. I mean, there's there's some guys older than me still doing it. God bless them. Distinguished news, industry insight, and exclusive interviews. We wrapped it up at the end of last year. I will tell you this. We are going to run. You're the first person that's actually been told this officially. With Zach Heiser. Here comes Jared Horstman to the inside. He's got Max Stambaugh picked off. He's around Chase Ryan now. Jared Horstman up to third down the back straightaway. And Rich France. The number 11 Hilliker machine does have a flat right front tire, uh, some body damage. He may be able to come down into the hot pit and uh, replace the tire and get back out. Michigan Short Track Racing Authority. This is Travis Stemler. Joe Westbrook, driver of the Hills Racing 47 Knot. This is Barry Marlowe. This is 14-time ARCA champion Ron Allen. This is three-time dirt car UMP national champion Rusty Schlink. And this is Horsepower Happenings. Good evening, race fans. Welcome in to Horsepower Happenings on another beautiful Monday. Uh, glad to have you along on this final Monday of March. When we talk again, it'll be April. And we will have, man, multiple races under our belt by that point, we hope. And we got to go to the races last weekend, over the weekend. So, man, we're jacked up. We're excited. We're ready. The season is underway. A lot to talk about. Some couple, A couple of great interviews lined up tonight as well. We'll get into that coming up. But first, here's what's happening in a Motor City Minute. We had to wait 24 hours, but Martin Truex Jr. picked up the win this afternoon at Bristol in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. That was his first Truck Series win. And he now becomes the 36th driver to win in all three NASCAR Touring Series. And then this evening, Joey Logano went to victory lane with a NASCAR Cup Series, holding off Denny Hamlin and Ricky Stenhouse Jr. After a late race caution that set up a green-white checker, uh, Logano becomes the driver that can put his name in the history books as a Cup Series winner on the dirt at Bristol. And also today, during the race at Bristol, uh, NASCAR announced that they would be returning with the dirt in the spring of 2022 on Bristol Motor Speedway. Elsewhere on the dirt, this is more traditional, Jimmy Owens and Brandon Shepard both picked up feature wins this weekend. For the World of Outlaws Morton Building's Late Model Series, uh, twin 25-lap features were on tap at Cherokee Speedway with each driver collecting $5,000. And Portage, Michigan and NASCAR Camping World Truck Series driver Carson Hosevar will be making their Pro All-Star Series debut at the twin Easter Bunny 150s at Hickory Motor Speedway next weekend. Hosevar has uh, several laps at Hickory in the past, but has never competed in an actual event there. And you wonder, Rich France, if the connection to the Hettinger Racing Team has anything to do with Hosevar heading to Hickory. We'll talk about that coming up and uh, more on the show tonight. It is my pleasure to welcome in Rich France, my co-host for the evening. How's it going, sir? Great. It's a great Monday. Did we have some fun this weekend or what? Holy smokes. What a pleasure. Uh, Attica Raceway Park welcomed us with open arms. We went down there, tested some new equipment, and we got to watch some fantastic uh, dirt track racing at Attica Raceway Park. Uh, We were treated to a three-in-one program that really was a a fantastic show. It really was. And, uh, you know, what we should talk about before we get into that, Zach, um, this Bristol deal. What do you think? What do you give me your honest opinion about it? Yeah. Uh, what? What? F, now that this is all over, mm-hmm. um, what do you think? Can they do this? Can they make? Obviously, they need to make it better. So Arca has been doing this for a while, as you're well aware. They've been doing it on the mile racetracks um, for for quite some time. But I think that if NASCAR and the Cup Series wants to continue doing this, and they want to do it on the short track stage, and they want it to be dirt track racing. 
I say what I've said since 2013 when the trucks went to Eldora. Get rid of the windshields. Put the freaking protective bars in. Give these drivers some tear-offs, and let's go dirt track racing. Um, I think that they were conservative on track prep because of what we saw on Friday night when the track had way too much moisture in it. The track didn't have way too much moisture in it, Rich France. That track would have been fantastic for a regular dirt show, but for these cup cars and for these trucks, uh, they're heavy. They have a lot of horsepower. They tear the track up, so if it's got a lot of moisture in it, the mud and the windshields just don't mix. And then even today, what we saw when it was really dusty, these drivers couldn't see. That's a problem. It's dangerous. And it definitely, uh, it definitely was a problem for the show. I don't think the fans got as good a show as they could have got. But aside from the windshields, Rich, and, and, and what that created, I think there's some potential there if uh, the boys in the, in the front office can make some executive changes before 2022. Let me ask you this, Zach. You know, um, they, they build different race cars for road courses. They build short track cars. They build super speedway cars. Why can't they, if they're going to put more dirt races on the schedule, build dirt cars? I think they need to. I think uh, you and I talked about it while we watched the end of the race. Uh, they need to do some engineering as far as uh, the the uh, air dams for the cooling system. They need to do some engineering as far as, again, just get rid of the windshields, okay? I don't care. If you want to run the side window on the right-hand side for whatever that's worth, that's fine. You probably can get away with running the back glass, too, but you've got to get rid of that front windshield so that these drivers can see what they're doing. And here's the other thing, Rich. 90% of them had tear-offs on their visors anyhow, so just let them use them. And uh, a lot of these guys went to dirt tracks and got practice with ripping that visor, that tear-off off. Um, I think, yes, let's dedicate a car to the dirt track, beef up the suspension, um, get rid of the windshields, get rid of the splitter, which I think they need to do across the board anyhow, but... Get rid of the splitter, and um, let's add dirt races to the NASCAR Cup Series schedule. I'm okay with it. Let's do it, but we got to do it right. Yep, exactly. Now, now, Zach, let's go back now to this weekend. We made a trip down to Attica Raceway Park, and uh, throw, like you said, three-in-one show, 410s, 305s, and the UMP late models. And uh, really, they all put on a show. What a great performance that it was. The racetrack was similar to what we saw today at Bristol Dirt. Uh, hundreds of laps were turned, and the track got some rubber put down, got a little dry slick. Uh, it's early season. Maybe all the frost isn't out of the ground. Rich France, you said maybe that was an issue. Uh, moisture not sticking in the ground as well as it could. But it did set up a very interesting racetrack for features. DJ Foose wins the 410 sprint car feature, Rich, but he's not the big story of the night. Holy smokes, talk about the guy who finished second. <laughs> Zach, I even had to look at the scoreboard to make sure they didn't have to make a mistake. Mm -hmm. uh, Byron Reed gets in through the B-Main. Didn't start his heat race. Didn't start his heat race, gets in through the B main, starts 19th. We look on the scoreboard on the last restart, he's running second. Second. Unbelievable. And we're like, he could win if, if he wins this thing, he's coming on our show. Yeah. <laughs> and, and 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 at the end, DJ Foose was just too strong. But uh you know, and DJ had a good good race car, but uh, you gotta hand it to Byron Reed. What a performance. Byron Reed did a really nice job, and uh, the nightcap was Paul Weaver making it two in a row in the 305s. Weaver is a no stranger to victory lane at Attica Raceway Park in that number one machine. Uh, he got the win, but, man, one of the great shows was that dirt car UMP late model program. Uh, none other 
then Colin Shipley, who we'll talk to later on the program, starting on the pin, and then Rusty Schlenk right behind him. What a show. Travis Stemmler outside of row two. Oh, my gosh, what a race we got to watch. Yeah, it did. You know, well, uh, Travis Stemmler started sixth outside of row three. I'm sorry, yes. That. Yep. Yep. So, but, uh, you know, Colin got out there and took the lead early, and uh, Rusty tried running that top end, running that top end, and, and he wasn't making a whole lot of tracks. But he was sure making it so nobody could get on the outside and work up the outside to even get a shot at Colin. And then uh, I think once Rusty looked down and, and saw that uh, number four machine make its appearance in the top three, uh, that race was on. Colin Shipley did a fantastic job. Uh, he held his own through about the halfway point. And then all of a sudden, at the exact same time, Schlank gets the run on the outside. Stemler maneuvers to the inside and is able to, uh, they, they split him three wide down the main straightaway, Rich, and that was all she wrote for Colin Shipley. And then those two, just like late model challenge series racing up here at Merritt and Tri-City, they waged war on one another. Yeah, you know, they, and, and really Travis was really committed for most of the time to the bottom. I think he went up there a couple times just to see what was going on, and uh, it, didn't, it didn't change his decision any. He went right back to the bottom and lived down there. And what really was, you know, even with some late restarts, was still able to pull away. Schlank was uh, battling on the top shelf for sure. He made a mistake coming out of turn number two in the closing laps, and that handed it right over to Travis Stemmler, who picked up the win. Schlank fell outside of the podium. As a matter of fact, I believe he almost fell outside of the top five, recovered as they came to the line. But Stemmler went on to win. He beat Matt Irie and Ryan Markham to the checkered flag. And, Rich, uh, you had a chance to catch up with Travis after the race. In the pit area at Attica Raceway Park following the UMP late model 25 lap 2000 win feature event. And we're with the winner, Travis Stemmler. Man, uh, came from sixth, worked your way around Colin Shipley and Rusty Schlank. Uh, quite a, quite a big, big battle you had there early with those two. Yeah, they, uh, they had really good cars early and uh, we were just trying to keep our pace up. We went with a little harder tire than uh, those guys did. So I just figure, uh, we could keep our line and uh, hit our marks we could uh, eventually have that tire fire really dusty track tonight you stayed on the bottom most of the time you get by those two the caution comes out and then rusty's not done yet yeah no uh, i could hear him and he was giving me a good battle actually he passed me that one time i messed up here in three and four and it was so slick coming out of four that you hit the gas too soon it was like spinning and there he went and i was like i just gotta try to be smooth been coming out here three or four years now. Your first win at Attica Raceway Park, one of the few places you hadn't won at. Uh, got to feel pretty good tonight. Oh, this feels awesome. With the group of guys I got with Inklam Racing, I just it, it just keeps getting better and better. You and, know? and it's got to feel good after all the wins last year. Nice way back home to kick off 2021. Oh, definitely. You know, we got this uh, Longhorn. We're just trying to get it, you know, tuned in a little better and better each time. And uh, you know, it's exciting to go to a player hater with a win already. <laughs> there you go. So we're going to see you there. Uh, we know Chad and Kayla help you out. Who else helps you out on this car? Uh, we got a lot of new ones this year, so uh, I got to read off the car. But I got to thank uh, Helm Electric, Great Lakes Directional Drilling, Cusack Collision, AP Smiley, AccuForce, Prime FX, Norton Sales Equipment, Positive Cleaning, Pro Power Race Engines, Axles Place. I got to thank McAllister. Cat Rentals, Algeo, Hines, Brett, Brett Hines, and uh, Buddha's Drinking Team, Tim and Jody, and the Twisted Monkey. Um, huge shout out to AccuForce on their help for tonight. 
Awesome job tonight. We'll see you next week over at Winston. Sounds great. Thank you, guys. Well, Matt Irie was uh, really fast in his hot laps and really fast in his heat race. He picked up a heat race win, and he was in the right place at the right time to come home second Saturday night at Attica. We got his thoughts following the race. Well, coming home in what may be a surprise runner-up spot here tonight because I looked away with five to go, and then I look at the results. Matt Irie comes home in second. First off, take me through 25 laps around Attica, man. That track looked like it was hard to get a hold of. Yeah, it was uh, It was very, very tricky tonight. Um, everybody kept moving the, the tires in for me, and that's where I found my speed. I had them tires, uh, was, there was moisture down there, and uh, one bit me, uh, caution, threw a tire out in the middle of the track, and I just happened to, I blasted it. So after that, it didn't steer as good, but uh, we still come home second, passed some really good race cars. Uh, Maybe a caution we would have had something for the leader, but hey, that's it. That's how it goes. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is, do you think you had a better car than second place here tonight? I don't know about a better. I mean, I would have liked to restart because he was running the top. I was rolling the bottom. So I think we could have made a the heck of a show for the fans at least. Um, I, th I feel like the fans got a good show with everybody passing and whatnot, but never know with five to go. A caution comes out. You never really know what can happen then. Well, Matt, who do you have to thank for this runner-up finish here tonight? Yeah, I got to thank my mom, my dad, um, all my sponsors. Right out of Boots Garage, Kilgore Herring, Shagalees, RL Bond Septic, Specialty Trees uh, Service, um, Longhorn Race Cars, uh, AccuForce. The car was phenomenal and, and just one spot short. All right, Matt. Well, congratulations. Second spot here tonight. Good run. Thank you. Appreciate it. You know, when you come off of winning the week prior like Ryan Markham did, third place just does not taste as good as it sounds. And actually... He even sounded a little disappointed at some of the competition he had to run against Saturday night. Ryan Markham talking about his third place run at Attica. Ryan Markham, a podium place finish here tonight. A couple of spots short of where you'd like to be and where you were one week ago. But nice recovery out of that heat race and where you had to start. Good run here tonight. Yeah, we started fifth and and, and, and got up there. I mean, we were second with one lap to go. And I, I just had to overwork the right rear tire. And it, I mean, it annihilated it. But that's that's the game you play when you run a cushion like that. But uh I mean, if I was going to pass people, that's where I had to go. Just, you know, so, uh, but yeah, we, uh, the car's been working good. We've been, you know, last week we really struggled in the heat race and made some wholesale changes and uh, went back this week and run pretty close to what we did last week and just made a couple little changes. But uh, it'd be interesting if we get back to a normal Friday night where we start a little bit later and the track's a little bit, you know, uh, you know, this earlier start stuff kind of takes the track for a, a little bit of a loop. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. This track was, I said the same thing to Matt Irie, it was really hard to get a hold of tonight. Um, do you think that you had a car that could have went up there and battled Stemler for a win? Well, like, you know, I just moved into uh, third right there at the end before that call should come out. My car was really working good. So, I mean, they were right in front of me, you know, and then the call should come out. They put top. Shipley back in front of me, so I had to had to deal with him again, you know. But uh, I mean, it's uh, we had a good run. You start any night up here. I mean, we got guys here from Michigan that aren't going to normally run here. Like Travis, he won't be here, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, you just got to keep working working on it. But I felt like we were in the hunt. I mean, I felt like we had a car that was off a little bit, but but I mean, the, the, the chips fell our way. We could have maybe won that, you know. Well, Ryan, I want to give you a chance to uh, thank everybody who makes it possible for you to have this run here tonight. Uh, well, definitely uh, B&B Drain Service, uh, Pam and Steve, they, they come on this, you know, last couple years really help us out. We've got AccuForce Shock Dino, uh, Mars Trucking, uh, Beer Barrel Drive-Through, uh, Clear Detail, uh, Matco Tools with Jimmy, 
uh, those are the guys that kind of help us out there. All right, well, Ryan, congratulations. Nice run here tonight. Okay. Thank you very much. So in all, fantastic show out of the late models, fantastic sprint car show as well. But, Rich, it just really feeds our fire to want to get racing going here in the state of Michigan. Yeah, you know, Zach, we, we're going to talk to this gentleman earlier, and, and you brought him up. But, uh, you know, Colin Shipley really did an amazing job. We, when we were walking through the pit area prior to the event, before any of the racing got started, we counted a minimum of no less than 10 cars that we thought could win that event. Yeah. On Saturday, yeah. on Saturday night. And, um, and I thought he did a great job. He comes off the first week, pulls off a podium finish, still seventh place finish and beat some very good race car drivers, by the way, in still doing that. Um, I think this Colin Shipley is starting to figure this out and we'll talk to him in just a little bit. Uh, and find a little more about this and, and and what he's looking forward to doing. Well, some big news out of the Horsepower Happenings Camp over the uh, last, well, actually, uh, we announced this on Saturday. Michigan Motorsports Hall of Fame announcer Gary Lindahl, who has been announcing and has been heard through the Great Lakes region for decades, Rich France, decades, has agreed to join our team uh, in addition to uh, announcing at many of Michigan's racetracks over the years. Lindahl also is known for his Did You Know column in the Mark Times. Each week, the uh, Jackson native would include a quiz and the answers would be revealed in the next issue. Now, beginning in April, which I know starts next week, but uh, give us a little bit of time. Beginning next month, Lindahl will appear monthly on the Horsepower Happenings podcast to offer up one of his now-famous quizzes. The quizzes will also be posted on our Facebook page for fans to take their best shot at answering the questions in the comments. Fans who can answer all of the questions correctly will go into a drawing for various event tickets or racing swag throughout the summer. Rich France, you headed up this project, and uh, we're both very excited to get Gary on our staff. Yeah, and, uh, you know, it, it took me a few few uh, Pepsis to get him convinced, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can convince Gary to do anything after a few Pepsis. But, uh, no, he, he, uh, he he's very supportive of what we do here, and uh I really wanted him to be a part of it. You know, I wanted him to bring the quizzes back. He started doing that on his own on Facebook, oh, a year or so ago uh, when we weren't racing. Yep. And and then uh, I said, hey, we need to bring that to Horsepower Happenings. Why don't you do that? And we talked and talked and said, okay, I'll do it. And the community so, support, too, uh, I, I saw on his Facebook page, man, people are excited to see that Did You Know is coming back. And the other thing, too, Rich, is uh, this really is an educational program uh, that's going to be great for people like me who, who missed out on some of Michigan region racing when it was at its best. Yeah, and don't think for a minute that these are going to be easy questions from last <laughs> week or from this season. Oh, no. Gary has 40 years of history, uh, you know, in, in the Great Lakes region and in Michigan. You're going to get questions from all through that 40 years. Trust me. That's, it's going to be great. We're looking forward to it, Gary. Welcome in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be looking forward to getting you on here in the next couple of weeks. Rich, a lot of racing going on over the weekend, uh, even down south. Yeah, Zach, and, uh, you know, at times the Southern Super Series portion of the Georgia Spring Nationals, uh, the lead the, well, was about the last place that any driver wanted to be this weekend. Three separate in incidents involving a race leader occurred within a 25-lap stretch during Saturday night's race with runs ending prematurely for Stephen Nassie and Kyle Plott. Corey Heim was in, in one of the three said incidents, when he and Jet Nolan uh, were sent, both sent to the tail uh, after contact between the two sent Nolan around while they were racing for the lead. However, uh, the Georgia driver wasted little time getting back through the field. The Arkham Menard Series points leader passed fast qualifier 
Hunter Robbins with just 25 laps to go and held off Jake Garcia during a green-white checkered restart to win his second event of 2021, while Heim uh, had previously won a CRA Speed Fest at Crisp Motorsports Park one year ago in 2020. We were down there for that. Uh, the Georgia Spring Nationals, Nationals would mark his first career win with the Southern Super Series. He now has uh, three career super late model wins to his credit, two coming in Cordial, and the other one uh, with the car super late model tour at South Boston Speedway. And Zach, remember Christopher Tullis? I do remember Christopher Tullis, the guy that you said, uh, um, man, I haven't heard this name a lot, but he surprised me down in Florida. Yeah, so uh, he kicked off 2021 with the biggest win of his career in the Alabama 200 down at Montgomery Motor Speedway. Well, he wasn't done yet. He then chased Stephen Nassie to the line in the Baby Rattler 125 down at Mobile. Well, the Georgia driver picked up another big win by taking the Jake CRA All-Stars Tour portion of the Georgia Spring Nationals this weekend. So Zach Tullis has a first, a second, and another win in his first three starts in 2021, all in the month of March. You know what else he has? Now a Mark in Rich France's one-to-watch book. (laughs) (laughs) The biggest race he had ever won was a weekly race at Montgomery Motor Speedway until this month. Yeah, I remember that uh, you you interviewed him and and you uh, said to me, you said, man, I have no idea who this guy is. I've never heard of this guy before in my life. Who is this Christopher Tullis? Man, he's making you eat those words here over the last couple of weeks. He's he's got a really strong car, and I think he's got some um, I think he's got some strong people behind him this year, and he's shown it. Like I said, he he was a regular at the Montgomery Motor Speedway. That's that when I went down there for the Alabama two hundred. Um, that's was his claim to fame, and now he's getting to compete uh, out on the Southern Super Series and uh, the Jake Sierra All Stars Tour with in, with the in the crate late models, and and he's just showing that he's got what it takes to compete every week. Rich, it's our pleasure to welcome in somebody that, uh, man, is, is going to make us worldwide famous. Who'd have thought uh, that this little editorial thing was going to blow up? But it did. Today, uh, we found out about it. We'll talk about that more coming up. Let us know who we're chatting with. Yeah, great. Uh, great. This gentleman, we brought him on, uh, came aboard with Horsepower Happenings to do some uh, contributor work for us. Been doing a great job. He is the voice of the Mid-Mich- Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. Chris Foby, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Man, uh, that it's got to be pretty cool. Are you having some fun with this? It gives you a chance to write a little bit and, and kind of, you know, get your investigative juices flowing, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I mean, that's kind of how I first broke into the business. I, you know, I was a contributor to the Mark Times back when I was like 12, 13 years old. So to kind of get back to my roots and be able to write some stuff and, you know, just put some thoughts to paper is a lot of fun. Now, like Zach was saying, uh, we had a surprise today you shared with us. Uh, you'd, you'd written an article, and uh, it was shared on a major newsletter. Talk about that. Yeah, the um, the RPM promoters newsletter, the one that gets sent out to all the different racetrack promoters, they host that big meeting down in Daytona every year. Um, one of their contributors in the newsletter happened to reference an article I wrote on Horsepower Happenings um, about some things I think we can do to make the racing world a little bit better. Um, so it was kind of cool to get that in my inbox this morning. 
Yeah, well, we, appre- we appreciate it too, man. That's that is cool, and and two uh, that uh, is available on our website at any time. You wrote that uh, in the winter, so you have to go back and find that. Uh, just go to the columns tab, and you'll be able to find Chris's work there. But uh, you did raise some interesting points uh, in that column about uh, competing for people's money and competing for people's entertainment money, if you will. Uh, when you've got baseball and the movies are going to open back up, and I mean we're going to have all these things that are going to be happening again this summer and how racetracks really need to clamp down man and work on their shows and make sure it's a product that people are going to really want to enjoy oh yeah for sure with people you know getting out for uh you know to check out local entertainment again for the first time in a long time i think we're in a really unique position to capitalize on that well i think we just do if we do things the way we've always done things just because that's how we've always done it i think it's a it's a missed opportunity when you have possibly a whole new fresh audience that really is coming out for the first time or coming back for the first time in a long time. And if we can kind of streamline the process and make it a little bit more approachable for people that aren't regulars week in and week out, it might help us build a sound base. Well, Chris, uh, one of the things that I think is awesome about your opinion is you're not just somebody writing as a fan. You're somebody with industry experience, and you've been you've been tied to Springport for quite a long time. I know back when I was racing, you were there. Uh, you look like something straight out of Scooby Doo, uh, and now <laughs> you're a little you're a little more cleaned up. And uh, uh, you know, Chris, Springport has a really exciting schedule lined up for 2021, and and you get to be a part of it. Um, and, and actually, too, it gets underway here in less than a month as well. Uh, what are some highlights maybe that you're looking forward to as, as not only an employee, but as, as a race fan as well? I mean, we have a we have a really aggressive schedule this year, and um, it's the fifth year for this uh, current management group, um, which is which is great to see because it's, you know, it, it's been a lot of different promoters have cycled through that place over the years. And and it's good to see people not only um, build roots here, but also tons of capital improvements are being made over the off season. Um, I mean, just so much stuff's being done to the track to make it nicer. And I mean, the, the place is beautiful at its bare bones, but there's a lot that could be done to, to make it better. And uh, that's something that Kurt and, and his crew are doing. Um, we do open up April 17th for uh, what we like to call the first call. It's our uh, annual opener, 1500 to win for modifieds and a uh, thousand to win for late model sportsmen. Plus our uh, front wheel drive class, the port stocks, they're 500 to win, which is pretty good money for those cars as well. So, I mean, that's that's really cool. And then we back that up one week later with a 1500 to win outlaw super late model show, which is, um, you know, I mean, coming out of the gate really strong. And uh, it's something that's good to see that uh, we have shows like that that are on the docket. Now, Chris, I, you know, when I raced, I, I was able to c- come out there and race several times. Um, it it's a beautiful facility they have out there in the middle of nowhere, to be honest with you, you would never, if you didn't know where it was, you'd never have a chance of finding it. Um, and you guys have never had a problem with car counts. You've always had people that come, wanted to come and race there, but well, for what I've seen, it was always the problem of getting people to come out there and putting them in the grandstands. How do we fix that to be able to put a bunch of people in the grandstands at Springport, um, because I think that over the years, that's the only thing that that place is lacking. And, you know, that's that's the funny thing is where we're located at. We're pretty central to Lansing and Jackson and Battle Creek and some decent population areas. And I think it it really will come down to getting boots on the ground um, out in those local areas and and, you know, putting the advertising out there. We've been we've been lucky that 
we only got to run three times last year, but we had tremendous turnouts uh, front and back gate all three times we ran. But, you know, that were extraordinary times. So um, I think uh, really hitting it with the advertising locally and in the surrounding major areas is what's going to make the difference. I think you got to promote where you're at. They got to know you're there. Now, are you guys going to still, uh, I know in the years past, you know, it would be a, you know, Friday, Saturday night, Friday at uh, Corrigan Oil, Saturday, the cars come down to Springport. Are the rules close enough to where you can go up there and kind of get guys to come racing with you guys on Saturday? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, over the years, we've piggybacked a lot with with uh, Kalamazoo. And I think that's really drawn over the cars from the west side of the state, which I used to think Springport was the most western east side track, but I think now we're probably <laughs> the most eastern west side track um, with just our uh, just our driver base now. And uh, Corrigan Oil, um, last season, or I guess 2018 at this point, or 2019, they um, realigned their rules. They were running the ABC stuff, but they've realigned their rules a little bit to be closer to what we were running and I think that's going to help out a lot, too, and draw drivers from from the other side of the state that maybe we've been lacking on the last couple of years. Well, and, and I want to go back to when you talk about getting fans in the stands, you got to provide uh, something that they want to watch, going back to your entertainment piece. Um, and you mentioned Modifieds. That's one of my fan favorites. Outlaws, there's been a resurgence. Uh, you know, Rich and I have been talking about this for three years, what's going on with Outlaw Late Models. And, and Chris, all of a sudden now, you've got Springport investing in them. You've got... Uh, Corrigan Oil making an investment in them. Then you've got the Reveal the Hammer Challenge series. Of course, Berlin is bringing a show to Berlin with Reveal the Hammer. Um, Kalamazoo's presence with them, Flat Rock, Toledo. Are we seeing a resurgence of Outlaw Late Models, and, and are you excited about that as well? I mean, I'm super excited for it. That's kind of the headliner that I grew up with was the Outlaw Super Late Models. I mean, in the area I grew up in, we didn't see the template cars very often. And, um, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is that I think the template shows kind of got burnt out for everybody a little bit in this area. I mean, for one, you have the template supers and, you know, like the late model sportsman template late models. And there's so many cars that look the same that you don't know who's who's the main event. Yeah, absolutely. But the outlaw cars just have those sharp angles. And I mean, they just look like nasty bad fast speed machines (laughs) and they are bad fast and that leads me right into what i think may be the highlight of springport mid-michigan speedway schedule this year and you got to wait all the way until the end of the season to get to it and that is sprint cars making their return now you and i talked there's a little discrepancy on when the last time sprint cars were there but uh, a photo just came out this week on Springport social media that I think shared that up a little bit. Nonetheless, it's been a minute since Sprint Cars have been at Springport. Um, t- tell me a little bit about that show coming up. Yeah, it's uh, the the Tom Straley Memorial, the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Super Sprints. We'll be back uh, with the wings on. I know we had wingless sprints there back around 2012, but I think it's been probably north of 20 years since we've had full blown wing sprint cars out at Springport and. Every time we released our schedule year after year, we always had probably five or six people in the comments telling us we need to get the sprint cars there. So so I guess uh, we're putting our money where our mouth is, so to speak, and, and getting the sprint cars there. So hopefully the people come in and support it as much as um, as much as we have uh, put into that show. And, and it's, uh, it's also going to be Cheaters Night, which is uh, <laughs> our take on uh, Call of the Wild, not okay. any kind of weird like swingers thing. <laughs> 
and uh, yeah, it'll be the thank the you, thank you for clear, thank you for clarifying. There are some people that may have showed up very disappointed. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going to be like the the sideboard late models and stuff like that. So um, we always have fun with that show every year. So we'll we'll have that back as well. So it'll be a, a really fast show um, and really unique. Now Michigan Cup is that coming back again in twenty twenty one? Oh yeah, I mean we had our all time. Uh, car count record set at Michigan Cup last year. So hoping to match or exceed that um, October 8th, 9th, and 10th will be Michigan Cup uh, this year. It's pretty much been the traditional date since just about the beginning. So we'll, so uh, this, year's a, this year's a little bit different than last year, Chris, because you didn't have to um, get the leftovers of a super shoe, you know, uh, because they weren't able to run. But you're going to be one week after the super shoe. So yeah. uh Probably not a bad deal. It's it's not not the warmest time of the year in in West Michigan or or in Mid Michigan uh, that time of year. But uh, like you said, you had uh, a big car count, a lot of campers on property, and and a lot of campfires. And, and to it's, your it's point, Rich, time. to your point, Rich, the cool air just makes the cars go faster. So there you go. <laughs> that too. That too. <laughs> we, got, we got super lucky last year with. I mean, I felt like we. <laughs> It almost felt like we were running an underground show trying to, <laughs> trying to get a race in during COVID times. I mean, it felt like, uh, you know, passing notes and in, in secret till, till the race happened. But man, for a while there, it looked like a, it looked like a campground that a, a race broke out at. We had so many campers and cars and it was just absolute insanity. And uh, we got blessed with really good weather that weekend, which is, I mean, as you guys mentioned, October's rough. We've had a few Michigan Cups that were wet and cold and and not a lot of fun, but I mean, you make it fun, obviously, that time of year with all that racing. But um, I think I think there's a lot in store for this year's Michigan Cup that's going to make it uh, make it a good time. Chris Phobe is the voice of Springport Mid Michigan Speedway, where they race on uh, Saturday nights. And again, really, you know, it is out in the middle of nowhere, but GPS does know where it is, uh, so you can get there pretty easy. Chris, any other schedule highlights that maybe we missed that, that you're looking forward to? I know the whole thing is good, uh, but anything else that we might have missed? Yeah, we have a few great shows um, I'd really like to hit on. Um, the Monster Truck Throwdown, June 12th. It's going to be the biggest monster truck show in Michigan since COVID happened. Um, so June twelfth, they're renting out the track. It's going to be it's going to be pretty cool. I, I can't wait just to go to watch that one. Um, our annual Fourth of July show, uh, twenty five hundred to win for the Outlaws, and a forty five hundred to win modified show. We just had a ton of modifieds show up for that last year from all over the Midwest, and so that's going to be a, a can't miss show. Uh, July seventeenth, uh, our Russ Densmore Memorial. 1700 to win for the late model sportsman and uh going to pay tribute to the man that built the track yeah that's going to be a great show and then um obviously michigan cup and uh the auto value super sprints towards the end of the year and uh, also there is one show that's to be announced it's going to be a probably a pretty big deal once it once the news leaks but i'm not at liberty to say yet. you're not the one that's gonna leak it i'm i'm here like with bated breath like is this the leak is this the leak <laughs> he, can't tease, he, he can't tease us like that i know if i wasn't worried about keeping my job i'd drop the news <laughs> perhaps we can get in a we, we can get an anonymous air quotes for you listening to the podcast 
an anonymous source to write us a story for Horsepower Happenings about some event that might be happening. <laughs> just, that just shows up in our email, right? Yeah, just, just shows up in our email. <laughs> Check the spam folders. Uh, well, that is cool, and, and you know that is exciting. I'm excited too. You know, uh, I I am happy for the folks at Springport. I love that track. I loved racing that track uh, when I got a chance to. Um, and uh, what a what a rich history that place has. And it was built as Michigan's ideal speedway, as as we'll remember from your piece that you wrote this week. Um, and it is really a cool racetrack if you've never been. Uh, Chris, where can folks find more information on Springport as that season nears? Um, we're on on Facebook, obviously, at Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway. Our website is springportracing.com. And one other thing I do have to touch on before we leave, we're going to have an ice cream shop on grounds this year. Oh, my. Featuring Mooville ice cream. Like Mooville. Actual, actual legitimate ice cream, not just not just like somebody brought their ice cream truck. <laughs> that looking is like fantastic. a carny with, you know. Zach, I'm going to request to cover Springport Mid-Michigan Speedway on a weekly basis. Yeah, we'll probably no? <laughs> probably have to get you on a diet, Rich France. Uh, man, Chris Foby, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, looking forward to the season getting underway. I know you are, too. So I uh, appreciate the preview tonight. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Real quick, Rich France, before we get into our featured interviews tonight, which uh, Chris Foby, we should have known that was going to happen. That basically turned into a featured interview. So hang on to your shorts, folks. This is going to be a long program. Uh, do need to send out a huge heartfelt thank you to uh, Rusty Schlank and Domination Race Cars. They came on board over the weekend to help us with our Attica Raceway Park coverage. And um, it was really fun to get to see that Domination Camp up close and personal with almost half a dozen cars there that uh, really... All of them competed very well, had had some really good speed, including a first-timer that we got to talk to running a Domination race car uh, for his first-ever late model. That was pretty cool. Yeah, Jim Plotz, we walked up, and, and he remembered you, Zach. I know. Remember, <laughs> and, and he remembered you from racing, um, you know, racing Several in the past, years and ago. I was like, and, and you were like, oh my gosh, why don't I know you? Mm -hmm. And I thought that that was the coolest tonight. He remembered Zach Heiser. That yeah. was awesome. Yeah, I, I guess I have a lasting impression, Rich France. But again, our thanks to Rusty and uh, Domination Race Cars. We appreciated their support. And uh, as always, if you want to uh, support us and what we're doing, reach out, let us know. Uh, there's uh, plenty of ways to get a hold of us. Fill out the contact form at horsepowerhappenings.com or you can reach out by phone or email. All right, Rich, time to get into our first interview of the night, and it's our pleasure to welcome somebody back that we get to see a lot during the summer. Let us know who we're talking to. Yes, Zach, uh, this gentleman has been very busy this offseason. Several big announcements released in the past couple of weeks. We'll dive into everything. Uh, the owner-promoter at Merritt Speedway and the Tri-City Motor Speedway, Mike Blackmare, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hey, how, how you all doing? Oh. Great, Mike. Thanks, to, thanks for coming back on. Um, this offseason was a little bit different for you. Uh, last year you had just purchased Tri-City Motor Speedway. Was this easier for you this year with having a little bit of a head start on Tri-City than last year? Um, I don't know if it was any easier. I mean, uh, you know, being a racetrack, we're, we're down from November to to April anyway. So uh, as far as, you know, I, I know more going into it, you know, as far as Tri City than I did last year, so I, I guess it'd be easier. I, I you know, I, I know the pay, how the pits work now and everything. So yeah, I guess to answer your question, yeah, it was it, it was easier. Now, last year you announced the inaugural season for the All Star Performance Late Model Challenge Series at Merritt and Tri City. Uh, you had to have been so pleased with the first year because we saw some incredible racing. 
Yeah, I think it was some of the best, uh, uh, you know, around. And, you know, that, that that's what it's all about. Um, I enjoy uh, uh, late model racing. I, I, I enjoy all, even the four-cylinders are, you know, a good class to watch. Uh, and, and so all types of racing I like. But the late model uh, challenge series was something that I wanted to put together. Having uh, two tracks, it, it, you know, made it easier to work out and, and it was pretty successful last year, and I look, I look, I look for it to be just as good this year. Now, it's not better. As we move into this year, there have been. I've talked to you a couple of different times, and you just had a meeting with your late model drivers about what you're going to do this year. So, uh, tell us what kind of came out of that. Is there going to be any procedural changes or any, um, you know, uh, maybe points keeping changes or anything like that coming into uh, 2021? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, you know, I'm, you know, this series, I put this together and this is a series that I want to have for years to come. And, 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 you know, I, I'm only as good, you know, the series is only going to be as good as the drivers let it to be. And, and I had made a couple of announcements at the banquet to how I wanted to do the championship. And, and then we had a meeting uh, late at the end of last year with the drivers during the, um, uh, uh, Battle of the Bay, and you know they talked about how they didn't like the points last year, and and it did the way I had the points set up, it it really did not make it for a close points chase. So, um, with that being said, uh, on the points we we are going, uh, we're going to use the same point system that the old uh, American Ethanol Tour had. Um, so, uh, for qualifying, uh, for each group will it'll be like five, four, three, two, one, and same with the heat race on each group as well as, as a feature. So, so we're, we think it'll make it for a, a tighter battle when it comes to the, to the points racing. Um, after I, I, I had my banquet uh, a couple of weeks ago and I announced I was going to do the championship. I was, I was kind of trying to do it like NASCAR style and have uh, up to nine drivers racing for the championship for a good amount of money. And, and, and it got back to me that, they didn't like it. And um, so I said, okay, um, let's have a Zoom meeting, you know, with all the driver, all the late model drivers. And, uh, you know, that's the way they have meetings now. And uh, <laughs> so I put uh, a sign up, you know, I, I sent everybody an email and we got, we had like 30 drivers on there and uh, we talked about it and uh we aren't burning well we're gonna go back just the points can be points battle and at the, in the i am gonna pay down more uh you know i only paid the top 10 in points i think i'm gonna go to 15 uh this year and it's gonna pay 13 to win now the championship and that's an, on top mike of some already uh impressive numbers as far as payout is concerned i mean we're talking about the potential here to make what is it close to a hundred thousand dollars if you were to win all the races and then the championship i mean my goodness uh you're putting up a lot of money to uh, be really good in this late model challenge series yeah and, and that's what it's about you know a lot of people think you know uh you know well that's counting you know the wood tick the wood tick you know you know, as we announced, it's going to be 33000 to win. That That's going to be my signature event so that I decided to uh, to make happen. Uh, hopefully every year we, we go up a 1,000. Uh, it's 33 years old, and that's how we came up with the number 33. And um, hopefully every year that goes up a 1,000. You know, the, the, um, but there's a lot of money. You know, the first week, uh, two ch- first two challenge series are uh, five each, and I think after that, it's ten, it, it goes to ten. Uh, almost every 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 race but one other. I think there's one race that 
We have one weekend that's a 5,000, but besides that, they're all 10,000 to win. So, yeah, there's some money to be made, uh, you know, with these uh, drivers this year. So, you know, and, it's, it's and making for a great team. Yeah, and an announcement you released today, which I thought was pretty cool, uh, Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort coming back on board as a late model division sponsor, and you added them as a supporting sponsor of the Challenge Series. you got to be pretty happy about that. Yeah, I really am. Um, I really want to thank, you know, Soaring Eagle. Um, we had, uh, like I say, we had a banquet a couple of weeks ago, and we had about 500 people, and and, and they were so impressed because we started out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon with the meet and greet since we had the banquet so late at do meet and greet at the same time. So we were down at one end of the casino with the meet and greet and while we were in the entertainment hall getting it ready for the banquet, well, the casino people walked down the hallway at 3 o'clock and there's a, there's a line that went out the doors and down the hallway. Well, that totally impressed them. You know, at 3 o'clock, you, you got a line of people waiting to get in just to sign up for to race, you know, at both racetracks. And then, of course, they were all at the uh, at the banquet, and we had the banquet in the entertainment hall, which was which which was huge, and it was a very successful banquet. They got to watch and, and see all that, and and when they did, they they were just all excited, and and they're very very excited to be part of of, of the challenge series as well as being part of Tri City and Merritt Speedway. So. Um, American Ethanol was not able to come back as a series sponsor this year, so they fit right into that spot. So uh, we do want to also thank uh, Lane Automotive All Star Performance, is they are the signature sponsor of the of that series. But uh, it, it's 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 exciting. And another cool thing that I saw, Mike, uh, you know, that you released after after the initial announcement about the wood tick and the and the fourth annual Dan Soleil Memorial. Um, you got some mini series set up for your other house divisions that really gives the other, those other divisions a chance to race for some money for themselves. Yeah. And I thought that was important, you know, because, you know, it looks like I, you know, and it sounds like I pay, you know, do a lot for the late models, but I tried to do a lot for the other, all the other divisions too, but they never really got noticed for it. I mean, I'd have a, you know, a thousand dollar, you know, to win race for the factory stocks every so often and all that, but it never got noticed. So what I decided to do is try to do four or five events for each where they could both race on Friday and Saturday for the same amount of money. And then at the end of the year, they're going to have a, a, a championship, uh, another series, just like the challenge series. We have a championship race at Belva Bay. The only one that will not be at the Belva Bay is, and we made that change today, is the IMCA because we cannot race the um, um, IMCA on, on, uh, uh, the, on the, during, during the Battle of the Bay. But uh, that's the only thing that's been changed. And two, we should point out and make perfectly clear that uh, late models and the rest of these divisions, Mike, that have Challenge Series, uh, there's a separate points winning for Challenge Series versus your regular weekly winnings. Is that correct? That's correct. Yep, you have you have your weekly championship, and and then you have your challenge series championship, and that's going to be the same on all those other divisions too. They're going to have their weekly ch- championships at both tracks, as well as as a as the little little mini uh, ch- uh, series that they each have. I think so. that's I think that's fantastic. And the other thing that I think is cool is that you are trying to find a way, Mike, to. Put some money back in racers' pockets. We all know there's not really any money to be made in racing, but 
um, you're you're trying. Uh, you're trying to do something to reward your drivers and really reward your show. And I think that's that's commendable. Uh, you know, Mike, that that you're doing that. That's awesome. Well, you know, I, I've been everything. Like I've said before, I've been a race car driver. I've been a been a car owner. I'm a car owner right now. You know, you know, in the asphalt series uh, for for um, for Andrew Scheid. and and I've been a fan. I've been everything. So so. Um, I, I guess I'm pretty blessed to, to be able to do what I'm doing. I hope it all works out. Um, last year was my first go at it, and, and it was successful. And so, so uh, you know, things could change. You know, if we get a lot of rain or something, yeah, you know, uh, you know, you get a lot of rain out, so that's going to change, you know, some formats. But for the most part, if everything goes to plan, it should all work out. And like you said, there's a lot of money to be won. And, uh and as long as at the end of the day, you know, I come out a little bit ahead, uh, I'm, I'm happy with that. I want to ask you about last year as we as we kind of remember what happened. Um, we haven't really had a chance to talk to you and recap how last year went, but you were the first track in, in the region, really, that was able to get back to racing post, uh, post-COVID shutdown. Um, and you probably got the most events in in the state of Michigan as well. Um, what a challenge that had to have been for you to work through everything, make sure everybody was safe, make sure everybody was happy. And then, oh, yeah, the challenges of promoting a racetrack that go along with that, too. Yeah, it was, it was uh, you know, it was pretty, you know, interesting. You know, Merritt, Merritt of course, had no rainouts. Uh, we were able to race, uh, you know, the full year, more or less. Uh, the first couple of weeks, we, we weren't able to. But when we first opened, we were the only track open for the first, like, three weeks. And then everybody else, you know, kind of got on, got on the same system. I will say, I am going to go on record, uh, you know, it's only, uh, what are we, um, uh, we're in March. It could be different this year, you know, going into, uh, racing season. Um, and I have mentioned this, uh, last year going in, uh, you know, we were under the governor's rules, you know, that's where the governor's did the shutdown. And so, you know, when I talked to my attorneys, uh, they said, okay, send a letter to the prosecutor attorney, uh, the sheriff, the state police, and, and the health department. And if you have them on your side, you should be fine because the governor is not going to get in her limousine and come over and drive to your racetrack. Well, that was true. This year, we're not under the governor rules because they took the power away from her. They put it into the, 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 to the health department and the liquor control. It could be different this year. I, I, I know it's, you know, it's not there yet, but you know that you know in Cadillac, for instance, the COVID numbers are up. Uh, we got a lot of people passing in this area right now, so it is kind of scary. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it could be different. Uh, right now, we're all open, you know, because we're allowed to open that. Uh, you know, they made that uh, change for the Detroit Tigers. I think mm-hmm. it's 20%. So, so I think we're all going to be fine. But, but again, uh, if, if, if they make it stricter, you know, if it goes back the other way, which I don't think is going to happen, that could hurt us, uh, all those tracks. Where compared to last year, by region, this year it's not. Do you have, I mean, right now, Mike, uh, laying it out on the line, and obviously you own multiple businesses in the Cadillac area, um, do you have any concerns going forward now that we're about a month away from, from the season opener? Uh, do, do you feel confident we'll be able to get going on time? 
that's a good question. Um, uh, it is so, I, fl- I and I should, I should, I should, I should, yeah, I should, yeah. Uh, I should say I, too. It's very fluid, yeah. right? Nobody knows. It changes all the time, yeah. and you know that better yeah. than anybody. Yeah. Yeah, and right now, um, I mean, I got some friends and even some racing friends right now that are struggling with COVID pretty bad right now. Um, in the Cadillac area, uh, if everybody lives in the area and they watch TV, they know of Ebel's Hardware, Ebel's Party Store, uh, or Party or Grocery Store. Well, you know, one of them uh, passed away uh, uh, last week, and one's still fighting in the hospital this week. We have a lot of local people in bad shape up here right now. And it, so I, I, I got my first shot. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm a little excited about that. Plus I had COVID, so I think I'm immune to it a little bit, but, but it is getting a little scarier. I'm more, I, 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 you know, to answer your question, I'm more scared today than I was last year at this time. Well, and I think that you did mention the, uh, <clears throat> the encouraging thing is that some people are starting to get shots in arms and, uh, hopefully by yeah. this time in about a month, we'll, uh, we'll not have to worry about that so much. Rich, I know you got something. Yeah, Mike, I, I know last year, let's go to some of the improvements that you were working on. I know you didn't get to, uh, get to the ones last year at Tri-City, but, uh, you were going to build new concessions and, and, and stuff of that. Like, how is all that going up there? Oh, uh, I'll be very honest with you. Not good. Um, uh, one of the problems I, I'm having with Tri-City is is the previous owner, when they built it uh, 10, 12 years ago, they put like, a, I think it's a PUD, you know, and they, that's where they drew out all, all their plans of what they seen. And when you draw something out, you put everything that you dream that you want to do in this plan. And, and, and that's what the previous owner did. So uh, when I went to put the building up, I got a bad, oh, no, 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 you can't put the building up. And I have spent a lot of money throughout this winter. Uh, it's, it's not going good because what they're saying now is, Mike, you're going to have to build a whole new UP, PUD program. Well, oh boy. So to do that, it's going to cost between fifty dollars to $100,000 just to draw it up. So um, we will have concessions, but that's about – uh, but that's about all we're going to have new because it's been a, it's been a long winter uh, um, dealing with this. Uh, we're hoping to meet with the township uh, this week just to get permission to even have plugs in the concession stands so wow. we can at least uh, sell hot dogs in that. Uh, so yeah, to answer your question, not that good. Well, uh, I still, uh, you know, good work on your end. Uh, you know, good on you to try and still continue to improve that property. Let's talk about the schedules for this year. Um, we've already hit on late model challenge series, the individual series that are going to happen for uh, the individual uh, classes all year long. But there are some great highlights to your schedule, including uh, some Hell Tour dates, some Great Lake Super Sprints, Lightning Sprints dates. Um, you really have a, a full gamut of racing available this year at Meriden Tri City. Uh, if there's a race that, if a race fan can't find something to enjoy, they're not trying. <laughs> uh, that's for sure. We we definitely have everything. You know, the week between Labor Day or the week after Labor Day, we have an open wheel wheel at Spectacular at both at. Uh, at Tri-City on Friday night, and, and it's Great Lakes uh, Sprints, uh, uh, Super Sprints uh, Championship on, on Saturday at Merritt. So it's championship weekend for all three of their divisions, so that's going to be exciting. So it's open wheel weekend that weekend. Uh, like, I, you know, like I mentioned earlier, the wood tick, uh, I think the wood tick is, 
is is going to be the biggest. You know, and I do want to mention this. You know, uh, a lot of people, you know, you get on Facebook and they say, well, the Wood Tech, you know, the Lucas series is, is racing here and the, the Road Outlaws. You know, I don't put my races together hoping that I get those. If those old drivers come, that's fine. I do it for the Michigan drivers. Michigan has probably one of the best fields of late model drivers in, in, in the United States. So, so if I just get the Michigan drivers, I'm, I'm happy with that. Well, we appreciate that for sure, and, and it gives Rich and I something to talk about because we agree, uh, as we talked about earlier in the program, Travis Stemler went to Ohio and showed him where it was at, So, uh, and he's your all-star performance late model challenge series to going to defend yeah. it this year as well, so I agree with that 100%. Well, Mike, we could talk all night about racing because yep. that's just who we are, but we've got to wrap this up. Um, anything in closing, maybe to the race fans or anything like that? I know that your season openers are uh, moved up a little bit this year than what fans are used to. Yeah, just watch for start times. We're probably going to change the start times. We probably start about five o'clock uh, 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 both days. Uh, not on Friday. We probably will start uh, because of people work on Friday. And look, and, and for those first couple of weeks, look for reduced pricing uh, uh, as we we try to do like a, a cheaper ticket, half price ticket, and all that the first couple of weeks. So, uh, so watch for start start time and and a, a less. Less ticket price for those first couple of weeks. Just guys get you out there and enjoy some racing. Merritt and Tri City Speedways are where you can find Mike Blackmere Productions, if you will. Uh, check that out. Find more information on Facebook, Merritt and Tri City Speedways, and then online as well, Merritt Speedway MI.com and uh, Tri City Racetrack.com as well. Mer- or, uh, Mike, thanks so much for making time for us tonight. All right, thank you guys, and have a good show. We're having some great conversations here tonight, and uh, really a nice conversation with Mike Blackmere. But before things get started at Merritt and Tri-City Speedways, really big event coming up this weekend. The Michigan racing season is getting underway on the wild side on Friday and Saturday, April 2nd and 3rd. It's the Player Hater Wild West Shootout presented by Lane Automotive from Winston Speedway. Catch some of Michigan's best drivers all in one spot during a true two-day show. On Friday, Super Late Models will set the starting lineup with qualifying and heat race action, plus heats and specials for Pro Late Models, IMCA Modifieds, Street Stocks, and several other divisions. Uh, Then on Saturday, $3,000 is on the line for the Super Late Models for the first Michigan event of the season, plus two grand, I should say plus Rich France, two grand is on the line for the modifieds so play your cards right i know how much you like to gamble so this this has got your your name written all over it rich play your cards right and get to winston speedway april 2nd and 3rd for the player hater wild west shootout for more information log on to racewinstonspeedway.com winston speedway is just off us 31 in rothbury michigan well unfortunately i don't think we'll see this next driver uh, at that event but Uh, We do know that he's going to be around our area for a while and going to be causing some trouble. Rich, let us know who we're talking to. Well, Zach, we've we've actually watched this young man grow up behind the wheel uh, of a UMP late model the last couple of years. And in 2021, a couple of very nice performances at Attica. Uh, He drives the number 44 late model for Shipley Racing out of the Domination Race Car Stable, uh, making his first appearance on the program. And he's still only 15 years old. Makes his home in McClure, Ohio. Colin Shipley, welcome to Horsepower Happenings. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Colin, I have to tell you, like I said, um, after literally watching you grow up behind the wheel these last couple of years, you're really starting to come into your own, and it's really showing on the racetrack now. 
Um, you have to be really happy how your 2021 has started for you. Yeah, we're really excited for how it's going. Um, we started out in Florida, and I was just kind of hoping to make the feature. We ended up starting 15th and finished 6th Friday night and started 7th and finished 7th. So I was I was really excited with how we did early on, and hopefully we can try and work our way up to a win. And what I think is cool, you have a pretty amazing support system as you're trying to grow into this UMP late model racing. Um, you know, your mom, Danny, does a great job. And a couple other guys that you're pretty close to uh, that know how this late model racing and what it's all about. Um, and they have so much information to provide you and help you with. Yeah, I'm really fortunate to have Rusty as my stepdad and Matt as my dad because they both raced and they can help me and pass on information. Everything that I know, I've learned through them. And it's it's nice to be able to come off the track and watch a video with with my uh, parents. And they can teach me exactly what I'm doing wrong. It's um it's a blessing to have them as, as my family. You know, right now, uh, I haven't seen your dad race uh, with you as much. I should say I haven't seen Matt race with you as much. But it was kind of funny. We were at Attica over the weekend. And, and uh, before I get to the story, I guess I'll say what a performance you had. Uh, Colin, you, you were almost untouchable in your heat race and drew the number one pill for the feature where you had a couple of, uh, well, what did you have? About 10 really good laps there, about 13 really good laps. Um, really showing your strength in that 44 machine. Man, how good did that feel? That's coming off a third-place finish the week before. How happy are you with the performance of that car right now? Oh, I love the car. The domination race cars, are they're insane. They, um, I, I haven't really drove much but the Rayburn and the domination, and the domination is 10 times better than what my Rayburn was. I, um, I'm super happy with the domination cars and how they drive and the power plant behind the motor, behind the behind it we got a ls7 from mullins and it it's it's really good i was uh i was really happy with the car i wasn't really happy with myself after saturday we uh i turned about 11 decent laps and then after that as soon as i saw rusty i started overdriving after about 11 laps the rest was just my fault and i fell back to seventh you know that's one of the things about being a young driver is that it's easy to get flustered and can kind of do that but you learn from that so that's that's encouraging but the funny part was i asked rusty after you drew the number one pill i said okay here is the key question mr slank will you wreck your stepson to get a win and he all but did that trying to get around you in the feature i don't know if you've had a chance to rewatch the film but rich and i were holding our breath when he was running the top shelf because we thought young man you were going to get turned <laughs> yeah i've watched that video probably too many times just keep watching it over and over and watching what i did wrong and um I didn't even know he was that close to me until I saw his nose and it was by then it was too late. I um I know exactly what I did wrong too. I overdrove into turn one and he got a run up top and Stemlo got a run on the bottom and as soon as I saw his nose and I kinda went up the track just a little bit and over overturned turn three and then Stemlo got by me and then I just overdrove the rest of the race. And you know what the what I noticed, you know, Zach and I you know, we raced, uh, in the past and I've, I've never raced on dirt, but all I know is that off of that green flag, if I would have looked up at that scoreboard going down the front stretch and all I saw was me and 91 and four, I would have got nervous a lot earlier than you did. Um, <laughs> th those are two big numbers that have a lot of race wins. And I thought you did an exceptional job, um, 
you know, I, I thought your dad said that maybe maybe you went to a little softer tire, that that maybe you probably should have went to a harder tire. But I still think you did an exceptional job uh, through that race. Thanks. You know, I actually did look up at the scoreboard on like lap seven, going on the front stretch. I looked at. I didn't get to see who who was behind me, but I saw what lap we were on. Probably shouldn't have looked up, but I did. Well, and I think one of the things that I wonder too is when you do notice that uh, well, you saw the pink nose is what you said, and you made a change there to try and, and, and hold off Rusty. Is it more irritating to you that it was Rusty that got by you? I mean, sure, Travis, you know, they split you three wide down the front stretch, which is a whole other conversation we could have. Um, but do you get a little bit more anxious when it's him? Because, man, that's family, and I got to beat family. Um, I want to say I get more anxious. I feel like I would rather him beat me than anybody else. Mm. But I, it's definitely, it's easier to tell who it is. You know what I mean? Like I, you see that, that pink nose and you get flustered right away. We, um, we had a conversation about it last year, how I said I wanted to have a pink nose. I don't care what the rest of the car looks like. <laughs> I want a pink nose. As soon as somebody else sees that pink nose, they get right out of the way. But, you know, I've, I've, I've had a, you know, I think last year I had a little bit of chat with Matt, your dad. And, you know, I think your biggest thing is, you know, if you stay within yourself, you do a very, very good job uh, behind the wheel. You don't know that that's a, a kid with just a couple of years experience, 15 years old, wheeling that thing. Thanks. So, Colin, as we uh, work through this again, uh, as we mentioned, you, you had the podium finish to kind of start things off in this region at Attica, win your heat race. And, and let's remember, you did bring home a top 10 finish last week at a very tricky Attica Raceway Park. I know it's it's kind of hard to swallow given where you started, but you've already said that you've learned a lot from that. How excited are you now to really get 2021 going um, and, and get to some racetracks and see what, see what you're capable of? Oh, I, I'm ready to go travel a little bit. I'm really excited for this year. I'm ready for Oakshade to open up and to be able to move around and see how I stack up against different tracks and different cars. Now, do you know what your plans are for this year as far as, as what your travel schedule looks like? Do you plan to run for any championships, or are you guys just going to bounce around to some racetracks? We're not quite sure. We're thinking about running the Merritt Tri-City deal, and then we're also thinking about doing Oakshade and Attica points. We haven't really decided. I think I'm kind of leaning more towards Merritt and Tri-City, but we haven't really decided. I still want to be able to bounce around a little bit and just randomly go out to Indiana, Illinois if we want to, but then again, I also want to try and go for a championship somewhere. Let's back up a little bit because this is our first time having you on the show. Obviously, we most of us know who Matt Shipley is in that number 44 machine. But who is Colin Shipley? How, how, how long have you been doing this racing thing? What did, how did you get into this? What does your career look like as we back up? Well, I... All right, so let's go back. My dad raced before I was even born. Rusty, my stepdad raced before I was even born, and my grandpa raced before I was even born. So it's it's been in the family for forever. So I grew up at the racetrack. I've been there since before I was one. And so, you know, I just kind of slowly always wanted to race. And then when I was seven, we built a track in the back of my mom's yard with just carts that are I think there were one wheel drive. They even had a solid rear axle. Couldn't even turn left. You had to turn right. Um, just 
slow carts and we slowly moved up to actual carts and then by 11 we had a good actual cart that we could go other tracks with and then we just slowly raced that and moved and moved and went up a class and then we ended up getting a 604 late model and racing that out at Oakshade and then last year we got a super motor and then we started racing and I just slowly worked my way up from I had a Jay Dickens motor that I grenaded early on in the season, and then we ended up getting this this LS. Now, what what uh, what I've noticed, and I, w- I will preface this first by saying I am not the biggest eye racing fan. Um, <laughs> last year, you I think it was last year um, you started doing something so you could get involved with the eye racing community. Talk about what you're doing. So last year I started building computers for iRacing and I think I've sold about 15 of them. I, um, I haven't been pushing it lately because I can't buy any parts for them. I, um, they're all 300, $400 overpriced, but, um, I started selling them just that way I could try and get myself into it and, uh, practice off the track. I could have my dad or Rusty stand behind me and teach me live while I drive. One of the things that we're we're seeing, and now I guess I should say, have you had a chance to get into what people would say the iRacing simulator? Have you turned any laps on the on that platform? Yeah, I've I've turned probably too many laps on that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a it's a habit. Now, but, um, my question leading into that, Colin, as we talk with Colin Shipley here, the uh, young driver from down in Ohio who's really having a good year so far. They're talking about on the Bristol Dirt Race earlier today, they talked about how Clint Boyer said, I believe the iRacing platform is helping these drivers with throttle control, specifically on the dirt at Bristol. Is that anything? I mean, are have you been able to take anything from iRacing and apply it to real world racing? And it is strange because you had the real the real world experience before you got on the iRacing platform. Yeah, I've definitely taken stuff that I've learned from iRacing, and throttle control is the main thing. It's um, it's not exactly perfect. The simulation isn't, but it's pretty close to where you can learn how to, not really learn the car, but you can learn how to race, and then you can learn throttle control and where to brake and how to trail brake and counter steering, and there's a bunch of different stuff you can learn, but it's not exact. Now, let everybody know, you know, you like I said, you're 15 years old. You're doing all this stuff. You're you're in the shop learning on the race car. You're going to racetracks, doing all this stuff, and you're still going to school uh, during the day. Uh, you got to be a whoop little puppy by the end of the day during the <laughs> week, aren't you? <laughs> um, usually I try and get everything done early on in the week. Last uh, last week we had the car loaded in the trailer Monday night, so. By the end of the week, I, I get some rest, but early on in the week, I don't get much sleep. Now, as we get ready to get into the season, I guess the next thing I'm going to ask you is, where is your next scheduled race? I know you have a couple of things bouncing around on your schedule. We talked about this earlier in the show, um, that Domination Race Car uh, House Car is unloading in Illinois as we speak. What do you have going on the next couple of weeks before things really get going here in Michigan with that Late Model Challenge Series or the uh, Attica Oakshade Challenge? I think Friday we're going to try and make it out and see if we can race with Rusty in Illinois. Okay, fantastic. Um, well, Colin, I guess we'll wrap it up here. Uh, it's been a pleasure to chat with you. Glad to finally get you on the show. I'm excited. I know Rich is, too, to watch your progress over the next couple of weeks. Um, we were we were just tickled to see you win that heat race and then 
the week before, watch you run third uh, and really put on a great show up front as well. So, uh, man, congratulations. Good luck with everything. And I guess I do want to give you a chance to, to let everybody know who it is that makes it possible for you to do what you do. Thanks, guys. Um, I just wanted to thank a couple of my sponsors and a couple of my crew guys. I got to thank my parents for helping me make this possible and my crew guy, Cohen Estel. I got to thank some of my sponsors like Speed Shark Graphics. I've got to thank uh, Jim White Honda. I've got to thank Swift Springs, which helped make this domination race car go around. I got to thank Schaefer's Oil. I got to thank VP Race Fuels. And I got to thank everybody that just helps work on this car throughout the week and everybody that helps support me and buys t-shirts and everything. That's Colin Shipley driving that Domination Race Cars, number 44. You can catch him around the Great Lakes region here in 2021. Colin, thanks for making time for us tonight. I appreciate it. Well, as we mentioned, uh, and Colin just said, pretty big event coming up on the other side of the lake this weekend, Rich. Um, Farmer City kicking things off, and uh, Rusty Schlank is there already getting unloaded as we alluded to and sounds like colin might be making the trip over there as well the illini 100 going off this weekend in farmer city illinois um if you want to make the trip over there you're welcome to do what you need to but rich we're really excited about racing right here in our backyard so i don't have a choice i don't get to go to illinois i get to go to rothbury michigan i'm gonna tell you rich france you should probably go to rothbury michigan (laughs) (laughs) but it's not like it's a bad thing three thousand dollars for late models two thousand dollars for imca modifieds pro late model debut in michigan expected this weekend as well yeah i'm really looking forward to that zach uh bring your jacket bring your hoodie yep it's not going to be suntan weather we already know that in west michigan that's not going to happen but uh, a lot of good racing going out there uh about six months later than what they planned on running that darn thing right uh, but now we're going to get it in, and uh, a lot of divisions with a lot of track time. If there isn't something you can find at the Player Hater uh, Wild West Shootout, you don't need to be at a dirt track. Yeah, and, you know, we talked with Dean Wilkerson last year when, when they first were trying to get this event in, and then I had a chance to talk to him last week or so. They are still very excited about this race, Rich. Uh, Lane Automotive putting their name on this. And remember, too, this is a uh, this is one of those staple events for Winston. This is something they've been doing for a long time, and I know Dean and his staff are really excited to be able to continue to do that. And uh, you know, you mentioned the weather, not terrible uh, for Northwest Michigan this time of year. We'll have to get the AM showers out of the way Friday, but then the rest of the weekend doesn't look bad um, for the player haters. So we're excited about it. Yep, and and I've had some confirmations on a couple of guys who won some big races a bunch of big races last year that are heading that way. We talked to Travis Stemmler. Those are in his plans to head over there. And uh, Dona Marcoulier plans on opening up 2021 over at the Player Hater. So uh, you look, you like Dirt Late Models or any of the other six divisions that are running. Yeah. Uh, make your way out there. Uh, all the preliminaries on Friday, features on Saturday. You know who else is scheduled to make the trip in his brand new, brand new Longhorn Chassis? Uh, Brandon Thurlby. Scheduled to be there in that new look for him, too. If you haven't seen that car yet, hold your breath when you show up to Rothbury because it's something unlike we've seen before from Mr. Thurlby. Does it look sweet or what? Oh, it's a good-looking race car. <laughs> it is a good-looking race car. So he'll be there. Right there is three of the top dogs in the state among hundreds. No, not hundreds. Among tens of top dogs in the state. 
right there's three of them. We mentioned uh, we mentioned over the weekend we wondered what Ryan Vanderveen would be up to. You've got to assume he'll be there. Um, you kind of assume the bull, Nick Kurtz, is probably going to be on property. Uh, what about David Melky? Does David Melky make the trip down and over? Um, I think maybe to uh, get that race car back and ready to go before the season starts at uh, Merritt and Tri-City. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, it's going to be a great event. We're really, we are really looking forward to it. Absolutely, and uh, I just can't wait. Yeah, you're right. It's it's not Florida weather where I came from a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> but it's uh, it's for for weather in that part of the state. It, it, it's pretty acceptable, I think. Well, that's going to do it for tonight. This show is uh, maybe teetering on a world record for longest episode of Horsepower Happenings. It just goes to show that we are excited. We got a lot going on now that racing is back. Um, and I do want to thank Chris Phoebe for jumping on and telling us about Springport. Uh, I do appreciate the time that Mike Blackner made for us to preview um, everything that he's going on at Tri-City and Merritt Speedways. That's going to be a fantastic couple of racetracks to be at this year. And, of course, our thanks to Colin Shipley for joining the program tonight. Appreciate you tuning in as well. For Scott Menlin, who pays the bills, for Rich France, I'm Zach Heiser. Thanking you for listening to Horsepower Happenings, and we'll see you this weekend at Winston Speedway for the Player Hater. You've been listening to Horsepower Happenings. Catch up on past episodes by logging on to horsepowerhappenings.com. And be sure to tune in next week to keep up on what's happening.